0: Hello, welcome to powerhouse podcast number 14 with me, Hugh Wilborn and my colleague, Leah Lichtenberg. Hey Leah. Um, this is uh, podcast number 14, but it's also I think number three in our new series of uh, books I haven't written yet. And uh, the title this week is Head, Heart and Hips
1: um leah what do you have to say about that <laughs> yeah i mean we talked about this topic quite a few times already i remember the first time we met in the coffee shop in saigon we were sitting in the backyard and you started to talk about the topic and i didn't know anything at all and i i was interested what does it mean to i think you said something we can act or we can talk from the head, from the heart, from the hips. And everything comes from one of those areas or zones in our body. Um, I know a bit about it. Can you explain for the audience what it means?
0: Sure. Um, Actually, I'll tell you where it came from. I actually had a dream. I don't know. 20, 30 years ago, I guess. So, um, and in the dream, I, I just saw these three, if you like, types of behavior or types of people. And the first one was a um, very clever man with uh, ideas all over the place. He was, he was trying to explain this theory and that theory and how it all fitted together. He got this brilliant sort of view, this construction that analyzed everything and explained everything. And that kind of a person tended to have a slightly higher voice, like you just heard. Um, Sometimes they speak more quickly, but uh, they are very keen on ideas and analysis and concepts. And this is the work, if you like, of the head. Uh, Another word is to call it intellectual, but the people who use and think ideas um, or predominantly talk to you in terms of how they're thinking about things. We can say they, they are, their centre of gravity, let us say, is in the head. And there are also people, and uh, you may recognise them in the opposite sex, who talk to you from a very different part of their body, and they seem to generate a certain attraction in the people to whom they're talking. They're they're talking to you very much from their hips. And that quality of paying attention to to the physical, which is very closely related to the sexual, is a way of talking, which is quite different from the intellect, yeah? So people can talk from the head, or they can talk from the hips. And men and women are different in this. Um, you know, The absolute classic uh, picture of hips is literally that, you know, in a, in a movie where you see a woman, talk, typically she's filmed from behind and she's walking up to some guy and her hips are swinging left and right, and left and right. And you know what is on her mind and you know what she hopes is on the guy's mind. Yeah, because she's talking, she's communicating from her hips. So uh, men see that more obviously in women, but women perceive it in men as well. Uh, men don't necessarily swing their hips like a women, but they can certainly talk from that part of their body. Yeah.
1: I have a funny picture in my mind now
0: <laughs> with swinging hips. <laughs> and then, and there are, people who talk to you from the heart and the heart, you know, we like to think of the heart as the place of love, uh, the place of honesty and connection and so on, but it's also the place of anger. The emotions are seated in the heart. So in this dream of mine, I literally saw a figure, as it were, divided into three parts. The top, the sort of head area, the heart area, and then the hips area. And it's an easy phrase to remember, head, heart, hips. But these characterize, if you like, different ways of being. And the hips, I include the physical as well as the sexual. So the part of you that knows how to catch a ball or throw a ball, that's your physical intelligence you 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 don't calculate the mathematics of the trajectory in your head you just see the ball and you reach out your hand and you catch it that's the intelligence of your body so all of us have these three ways of of uh being if you like three ways of perceiving three ways of as it were processing or I use the word thinking, I tend to mean the head, but the heart has its own reasons as the the old phrase goes. The heart has a way of thinking and the body has a way of thinking. Just as the head has a way of feeling and the heart has a way of feeling and the body has a way of feeling. In each of us, we can explore these. And the first thing to do is to notice as it were, where your, how you normally operate, what, what's the way you, that you would normally meet the world, you know, where, where would you think your normal centre of gravity is, head, heart, or hips? You're asking and me. Quite often, sorry, I'll ask you, you yeah, have, what do you think?
1: I, I think in the head.
0: Yeah, I would agree, I think you have a slight bias to the head at the moment. Now, people can change, but I would agree with you about that, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, We notice ourselves doing things and we think, oh, yeah, I'm like this. Now, I would say that I used to be very much more in my head than I am now. Um, I'm a little bit more in my heart than I used to be. Uh, Sometimes more in my hips. I'm naturally quite clumsy. I'm not a great... uh, I'm I'm terrible at any ball sports. I'm really bad at those. So I've worked for a long time to get better at my uh, physical intelligence. I'm still pretty rubbish, to be honest. But it's kind of interesting working at the things that you're not good at. Um, Anyway, the way you can practice, you might say to yourself, okay, so I, I work from my head. What do I do about that? Well, imagine moving your sense of self into your heart for example think of it like your your center of gravity or your center of the the center of your awareness try to talk from the heart for a moment or put your awareness more in your heart area and then see what happens when you're speaking more from your heart you tend to find that you feel your voice dropping a little bit in your throat. If you normally speak high, you speak a little bit lower when your center of gravity goes into your heart, and then try dropping it down into your hips. Now, the, many oriental martial arts talk about the hara, which they call the center of gravity of the body, which is two fingertips beneath your belly button. And this also, this is your center of power, certainly your center of physical power. So if you move your attention right down there, it puts your awareness, your attention, more into your body. And actually it makes you more grounded and more stable. So a fun thing to do you can play with a friend, uh, whether or not, you I mean, you can tell them you're playing or just do it without letting them know, right? Is to move your center of gravity, move your center of awareness inside yourself whilst you're talking to somebody else. So you move it up into your head and you say, well, look, this is all very interesting. I've got some ideas about this. Then you move it into your heart and you may not talk quite so much, but you might find that your friend smiles as you talk a bit. You move it to your hips, and maybe they also smile. You never know. <laughs> move it around. So it's a great exercise in a controlling your own int- attention, but also discovering different modes of communicating, even with the same person. So. Just try it. Um, okay, there's more to be said, but I've talked a lot. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I I like the idea of imagining the like to to use this gravity, this 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 energy, and literally think about it moves through the body. I think it's an easy way to exercise. And actually why I wanted or why I was curious to talk about this topic today is that I recommended my friends and I, we went out (laughs) one night, and then my friend said, I don't get it, like, I don't know why people always just want to be friends with me when I fancy a guy, why is he not thinking about sex when he talks to me, and I said, well, maybe you try to communicate from your hip, hips a bit more and then she said like, what well, what does it mean like try to move your energy and drop your energy into the hips and she did and it worked and it was so simple like you know it was really easy to explain how she can try that I was just so fascinated about the result she had at the end. And she was so happy. She was like, you know, we were talking all the time about all this like COVID stuff. And then after I came back from talking to you, to this guy, I moved my energy into the hips and he suddenly started to touch me. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it also, you know, it was also like kind of a good, good feeling for myself because I thought like, okay, well, it doesn't it doesn't need a lot of explanation um, in order for someone to just try it for two minutes and see what happens. And it was, that was was fun. And now she always says like, okay, and Leah, I will think about move it into the hips.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can learn to be uh, very, very skillful at this. So uh, if you spend a lot of time in your head, so w- when I was younger, I was spent a lot of time there and I did a lot of intellectual things and I was pretty good at it. You know, I got pretty good at all the intellectual stuff. Um, it was it was no good. <laughs> my love life was chaos. right? I was completely out of control everywhere else. I had no idea about it, but I had all the ideas in my head. Um, so it's really a, a wonderful thought, a wonderful experience, really to get used to moving your center of gravity and then getting better at, as it were, speaking from the heart and better at speaking from the hips, because these are two sources of energy, just as the head is a source of energy, if you like a source or a type of energy. And we can get better at controlling and at communicating through these ways of Through these different types of if you like energy um but the but this way you do it by experience it it's not really an idea as you say your friend she just had to move her energy there and she found something she she got the reaction that she wanted yeah so it that's a nice positive simple reaction but there are lots of other reactions there are lots of other ways that we can use our physical energy and indeed our sexual energy and our emotional energy. So you might want, for example, to uh, be open to someone emotionally, to connect to them emotionally, but you might also want them to take a, a, um, a situation seriously. So, you can talk to them and they go, Oh, yes, but I disagree with your idea. I disagree with the idea. I disagree. I disagree. You know, no, you're sort of, and there are my theories better than your theory and all stuff. Or if you sit in your heart and you say, Wow, well, some of these things, uh, it seems to me they, they really matter. And we're not discussing theories here, we're just saying, This is a, a thing my heart. Feels greatly, and so I invite you also to feel it. This is how often how great theatre works, or great stories, even even movies, occasionally manage to do this profound connection. Movies are very good at faking it, of course, um, but. There's a level, there are many levels of sophistication. Yeah. So just because I'm speaking from my heart, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I might still be messed up and crazy and manipulative and difficult and weird and so on, but really emotional. Right? <laughs> so nothing is a guarantee of truth, but it's certainly worth getting to know our way around these different ways of communicating.
1: So does each part of the body has its own vocabulary as well? Is it also what we are saying? Hmm. Or does it happen automatically?
0: Um, that's a good question. I don't really know. Um, certainly the, the vocabulary of abstraction is the vocabulary of the head. So the heart, can, um, I guess the the heart can do it. So here's another interesting um, um, observation. So this came about when I was working more as a psychotherapist, that there are some jobs that are best done with the heart, some that are best done with the hips, and some that are best done with the head. Yeah? So you wanna build a bridge. Um, you gotta do some maths, you have gotta do some physics, you have gotta do some hard work. So first of all, you have to do some thinking with your head to do the design. How strong is my timber? Where do I have to have it propped up? And then if you personally are gonna build that bridge, you're gonna do a lot of work with your body, yeah? With the physical energy, making the cement, putting in the timbers, whatever it is bolting it all together. There are jobs that sometimes we do with the wrong part of us. So for example, we can be trying to sort out an argument, for example. Let's say you have an argument with your husband or wife or partner, yeah, your boyfriend or girlfriend and uh, you're screaming and shouting, and you're going, but you don't understand, you know, this is the right way to do it. You know, I told you already this, that, and the other. And they're going, yeah, but you, you're an idiot. You've you, you got it all wrong in the first place. The right way to do this job is blah, blah, blah. So here's the head that versus the head, right? But really, it's very, very likely that the real argument is in the heart, and the heart has to sort it out, and the heart has to say, I felt hurt. And I'm sorry I blamed you. I don't think you really meant it, but I did. I felt hurt. You know, I, th- I thought you were, you'd forgotten about me and you, was, you were just thinking about yourself. And that was maybe stupid. <laughs> maybe I was wrong, <laughs> but that was how I felt. And that's why I shouted at you. And really there's no excuse for shouting at you. I'm sorry. Hmm? But this is the heart speaking. It's not keeping score. It's not analyzing. It's not pointing out the error of your ways or how much cleverer I am than you. I'm just admitting I shouted at you because I felt ignored, and maybe you weren't even ignoring me, but I felt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you say that the balance of all those three is necessary in order to do a good job, um, have a good relationship? Um, what else can Um, we say?
0: Yeah, I just wouldn't put it like that. I would Mm -hmm. say that we need to be working in each of these three fields enough Mm -hmm. to A get a bit better at using them and B go in the direction we have chosen. So it's not that I'm always balanced, that would be kind of like wild. I mean, I I don't know anyone that cool, you know? I mean, maybe the Dalai Lama, right? But, you know, people who, who practice their whole life being balanced, maybe they're good at it, right? But the rest of us are just kind of dealing with being unbalanced, right? But we have to get slightly better at navigating that, yeah? So yeah, of course, in an ideal world, the perfect person is a balanced person, but A, we're not in an ideal world and I'm certainly not the perfect person, but I still have to keep trying, right? And, and not in, it's, it's not that that's a, it is a moral obligation, but the more importantly, it's a practical obligation. So I will actually enjoy my relationships better if I recognize I'm just arguing away from the head when what I should What will be better in terms of resolving the argument is to talk from my heart, to tell you what I'm feeling, and to say, oh, this is what I'm feeling. And I'm not blaming you, by the way. I'm just saying, look, here I am. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Right. I am sorry for I know (laughs) shouting,
1: but that's another whatever. Are we all able to? Uh, to communicate from each of the zones like is it for example i'm in a meeting and i we talk from the head because we have to sort out some things mm-hmm. but then i fear that i for example i am overwhelmed with the topic or i i made a really bad experience in one field so i drop my energy into the heart and i communicate is everyone able to receive and to, you know, to when I speak from the heart to drop the energy as well into the heart, or is it, would you say there are people who are so in their head that they, even when you talk from the heart, they can't really drop the energy. I don't know if it's clear, it's clear in my head, but it's hard for me to communicate at the moment. Do you know what I mean?
0: I think so. Let me put it this way. Mm -hmm. If I talk from the heart, then I am addressing your heart. Mm -hmm. I look at you. I do it with my eyes closed because I know you and I know you quite well. But if I do talk from the heart and I am talking to your heart and if you are willing and able, then you will notice that you will just go, oh, okay, here we are. He's not saying that much, actually, but I'm feeling a little bit that I'm reminded that, you know, we have a good connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if there are reasons why, for example, you try not to feel things, and typically that would be because you got hurt or you're frightened that you're, the feelings in your heart are so overwhelming that it gets a bit chaotic if you let them out so you might not wish to communicate there and so you would you might use your head to say um, well you know the way I was thinking about this is I think I've got another proposition you know I've got another proposition here And, and then you just kind of divert and talk away and interesting another way to divert might be to drop into the hips and say hey a bit serious why don't we go for a drink yeah and um and and people do that you know they will use the, the the whole that whole physicality area of for avoiding intimacy because the heart is frightening if you're not used to living there this is a lot of energy yeah and to be fair all of us Let's say we all have bruises. We all have scars from stuff that happened. Now we the commonplace is to talk about oh, the emotional trauma. Okay. And we probably pretty much all of us have, have some of that. But some of us have some of us have intellectual trauma that we found that thinking just was too scary and confusing and I never made sense of it. So I'm just gonna not do that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm straightforward down to it. And and people get frightened of their own thoughts. They also get frightened if all they've ever been given is other people's thoughts, other people's thoughts, which are to a greater or lesser extent inappropriate. And they're a little bit too timid about thinking their own thoughts. So they go, well, I don't, I don't I just don't even go there you know so the head the heart and the hips are all zones if you like of of conflict of pain as well as enormous fields where we can be creative we can communicate and we can have great joy but that it's not just good news you know so to go back to answering your question yes there are people who when you talk to the heart they're, they're, it's too scary for them to come back they feel it come in but then they divert and they will answer with the head or for the hips
1: mm-hmm. you said that mm-hmm. mm, can there also be a trauma from the hips for sure yeah yeah um I mean, physical, yes, and also, I guess, sexual. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, there's almost too much talked about it these days, which is a strange thing to say, but, um, yeah, there's a... I mean, again, a classic response. People who have been sexually traumatized, they will say, when... and, And sadly, what that means is that they are not their defenses get broken. So they are more easily traumatized again. So the person who was abused is more vulnerable to being abused, abused again and, and, until they can repossess themselves and build their boundaries again. So it's awful that people who have a bad time, say abused in some way as a child, are more likely to be abused or to even to abuse, to, to be dysfunctional as adults. So the uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, the answer here. the answer to that particular question is yes we can be dysfunctional there and typically then people will say oh I just went into my head or I went out of my body you know when he did that to me I it was like I was a rag doll I left yeah I didn't want to be there. And on the one hand, you can understand that's a way of protecting oneself, yeah? But it's also kind of awful because you want to be in your own body and be safe in it and enjoy it and have the the full physical experience. So there's a great deal of, um, of work Good work actually that's done by good people to help people to come back into their body and have appropriate boundaries we've talked about boundaries before but the abuse is when somebody breaks your boundaries either emotionally or physically if they come literally into your space or, in, or even worse into your body without permission they've broken your boundaries so you have to l- learn little by little to push your boundaries out to recognize these people when they're about to do it and to stop them it's very difficult very hard particularly if you want to have some love you know and if you've if you've experienced whatever hatred and abuse of course you want love like everybody else so how can you tell the difference how can you how can you stop your abusers getting at you but Be able to welcome somebody who loves you, and the the answer is a boundary. Back to the image I've used before, you know, the little white wooden fence around your garden. Yeah, so you have a sense of my body belongs to me, but I also have kind of a bit of physical space around me which belongs to me. If you stand too close to me, that's invasive, and I will gently ask you to stand a bit further away. Now, there are cultural differences. In other countries, It's it, people are closer in different ways, so there's a lot to negotiate. But in principle, the idea is I have my boundary, yeah, but every white picket fence around every garden also has a gate. So in order to have intimacy, I need privacy, so that I invite just this person to come in through the gate, we close the gate, and I and this person, we are intimate together in privacy, in our own, I've let you voluntarily come into my boundary because then I am being vulnerable, but within this boundary. But the boundary is necessary for that intimacy. If I don't have the boundary. Everybody just walks straight through my front room all the time. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, a great deal to be said about, Well, now let me put it another way. There's not a great deal to be said about physical abuse, because that can very easily become abusive. You know, I'm not respecting your privacy. If I talked, for example, on this podcast about so-and-so's physical abuse, right? I'm not respecting so-and-so's privacy. And what so-and-so needs is some privacy. So it's not a good topic for public conversation but it is a good topic for tact, sensitivity and compassion and a bit of thoughtfulness about the power and importance of boundaries. So we shouldn't really talk on and on and on and on about these awful issues of abuse. Not because they're not important, but because they are important. Because for each person who's dealing with them, that person has their experience, which is not mine or yours. And perhaps if they are my client, I'm able to help them build their boundaries back. But that's not appropriate. It's not a, an appropriate discuss, uh, topic for public discussion. We should be thoughtful about that and respect mm-hmm. the privacy of these people who had their privacy removed and now we're gonna give it back. Thank you
1: very much if someone resonates with what you just said, what would you recommend them to do?
0: Oh my goodness. Um,
1: (laughs) Sorry for this surprising question. No, no,
0: it's a great question. I would say, first of all, I think, okay. So here you are, listener, and this resonated with you and maybe, you had some terrible experience or difficult, or just for you, very challenging experience in the past of having your boundaries broken. And I'd like you to think of who you were at that time. Just imagine yourself back then, you know? It may be yourself last week, or it may be yourself 25 years ago. And um, actually, this happened to me also in a dream. I was in a deserted city. A deserted town, really, it wasn't a city. It was a big, wide, whitish road. And there was a, a builder's skip by the side of the road. And I found myself, my younger self, sitting, holding my knees, leaning against this builder's skip. And I went along and I just sat down next to my younger self. And at first I didn't even give him a hug. I just sat right next to him. But I felt like I was being with him. We just sat next to each other and I was there to uh, to look after, to, to be there with and for my younger self. And so if this resonates with you, I, I suggest you do that, you find your younger self in your imagination somewhere, wherever it might be, in a a field, a road, or a little hiding place somewhere, and just go and sit with yourself, and if if it's okay, maybe hold hands, if it's really okay, you might give yourself a hug, but that might take a little time. Just sit there and be compassionate and protective and kind. Because here you are, you, the adult you, survived. You made it through all of that. And you're maybe a bit beaten up, but you're still here. And you're listening to this. And your younger self needs to know you made it. And things can be a great deal better, actually. Because your older self can look after your younger self. And can help your younger self be safe, have boundaries, and live a bit more a bit more power and a bit more safety.
1: Thanks for this excursion. Or how do you say in English? Excursion?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think this is a great way to end this today's episode.
0: Okay. Well, I've got a little thing to add on, mm-hmm. which is that all of us can use the energy of the head, the energy of the heart, and the energy of the hips. And of course, these are all places we can be hurt, but there are places we can heal. And the head can help the heart, the heart can help the head, the hips can help the heart, the head can help the hips, and vice versa. So we can find within ourselves a different energy if we're stuck in the head and the head is screaming and this head's been hurt the head has these ideas that won't go away we can find something with the, in the hips you know some activity whether that's running or knitting or playing music that can bring solace, can take us out of this awful loop of thinking. And the heart can help us, you know? The heart, we can bring compassion to ourselves. Yeah, if we move the attention to the heart. You know that strange thing is that most of us kind of think, oh, I don't really want to cry. You know, crying would be a bad thing to do. might be embarrassing or I just think if I'm crying I must be sad right but the strange thing is that when you have cried often there's a great relief it's like oh I accept it I am accepting I have been sad and now I've somehow done something This crying has helped me to accept my sadness and we feel a bit Strange, a bit different after crying, but this is often a good feeling. In a, I mean, good in an unusual way. It's part of a process because actually, all of us get to feel sad and all sorts of horrible things, and crying is one of the ways that we process that. And then we accept, yes, this terrible thing happened, and I feel, I still feel sad. And, maybe ashamed or embarrassed or angry or whatever. But I've accepted it in some way and I'm able to move on a bit. So yeah, if you, if you, got, if you felt that what I was saying touched something in you and you want to do that little uh, exercise, go ahead and do it. And then look around, you say, well now, where am I going to find some help and some practical energy, something that I'm going to use Will it be in my head, my heart, my hips for the next whatever I'm going to do? Thank you. Okay. See you next time.
1: See you next week. Bye, You. Okay.
0: Maybe not next week, actually, because I'm going to be on holiday. But oh, next nice. Time.
1: <laughs> <Next time. laughs> okay. okay. Thanks a Ciao. lot. Ciao. If you want to know more about the powerhouse, check our webpage at www.powerhouseclass.com, and there's also a link through to Hugh's website. Thanks a lot for listening today. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>